0: The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. As y'all could probably hear my voice, I actually lost my voice last week. And so, girl, I am trying to give you the good steel with me having my voice barely here. But I'm super excited about this podcast interview. Um, I am actually doing an interview because, girl... Your girl is about to go on maternity leave, and I really, really just wanted to gift y'all with some really bomb people that I have recently met, and so this interview is going to be super good because I am interviewing a person that actually was referred to me by a really good friend of mine, and her name is Allie, and so we are going to be talking so much today about some really, really transparent topics that I think you all will really enjoy, so Allie, why don't you say hi to the people?
1: Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes.
0: Yes, So Allie and I have actually talked uh, a little bit before the podcast. Um, And so I am really excited about what she's going to share today. So Allie, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, what you do. And you are also a fellow podcaster. So tell us a little bit about your podcast.
1: Sure. Okay. so I'm Alicia Watson. Um, I call myself a multi-passionate creative. Basically, in a nutshell, I'm a storyteller. So everything that I do, there's some storytelling element to it. So um, I'm an author. I do have my own podcast, as you said. Um, I have a boutique videography and photography company through which I tell stories through branding and uh, marketing. And I'm a playwright. I'm also in a family of creatives. So my husband, my kids, we're all like creative artists. Um, So that's what God has like really gifted us to do. is just to tell stories and, you know, I'm grateful to be able to do it through many different avenues and also make a living from it. Um, my podcast is Maybe You're Like Me with Alicia Watson and it is me just connecting. Um, I think when I started the podcast back in 2019, it was like one of those things I felt was kind of missing, especially like in social media, the landscape of like everybody like feeling they had to be perfect or appearing to be perfect in their lives being perfect. You know how that was at that time um I just felt like there was a place that people needed to know that they weren't alone and the things that they were experiencing um in the ways that they were feeling about life and the lessons that they were getting so I put myself out there <laughs> in a very transparent way and share my own stories so that people can connect with them and know that they're not alone that maybe they are like me and you know that we're like each other and they're not alone and that we can you know just grow and develop and live life and be more like Christ together so yeah
0: so I hear this kind common thread through what you kind of are talking about like the common thread I hear is that you're a storyteller Mm -hmm. and like sharing those stories in a various ways of doing so so with the podcast more particular Mm -hmm. what got you started in wanting to do that like what was
1: where did that idea come from so everything I do basically is on assignment (laughs) like if it's up to me I'm not gonna put myself out there and do girl
0: okay talk (laughs) about
1: it (laughs) <laughs> so that that was an assignment from God that I got after I wrote my book um and so I didn't really want to do it especially like just talking about myself but it's just really been well received and it's also like it's just what he does for me like every time he tells me to do something it really is for me and other people just really get to benefit um yeah and it's it's been really cool it's like really like chill laid back conversational podcast but there's like elements of like bible study there's cultural elements there's just me telling stories just random stories of things that are happening ways that I relate what I'm studying or conversations I've had with my friends it's just really like it's a connecting podcast
0: I love that I love that okay so you shortly mentioned the book Mm -hmm. that was something that we heavily talked about so you wrote a book a little bit about your weight loss journey, as well as your identity journey. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about where that process started and how it happened.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So I grew up a fat kid. <laughs> so I'll just say it that way. I did. Um, and it was like a big part of my identity. Um, I think and it's, it's, it's concurrent. So I'll say both things, things at once. I'm a recovering perfectionist <laughs> and I grew up as a fat kid. And so there were so many things that I would do in terms of like achieving and being um, very docile and, and a good listener. And, you know, I play by the rules. Like I really showed up in a way that was like, non-threatening and loving so that people could love me because I was a fat kid. And like, I don't know, growing up in the 90s and 2000s, like it was not the thing, it was not it (laughs) to be fat at all. And so just being a kid and seeing how people received you, the things that I needed to do to be like received and loved, I felt was to, you know, overachieve, be the best, do all those things. But it was always like this one thing that was a through line to make me perfect, which was like needing to lose weight. So I was always needing to lose weight, commenting on my weight, worried about my weight, no matter what I weighed, you know, it was just always a thing. Um, And so like I carried that with me all the way through adulthood, um, throughout my life. And I think in 2018, like I had been writing some other book on fear for like 10 years, but in 2018, like I heard very clearly that I was to write a book on like this weight loss journey or this weight loss obsession that I had and what I learned through the book was that I was making weight loss an idol and that's where God was like calling me to the carpet he's like um I'm sick of it (laughs) like basically that's what I felt like he was saying to me like I'm sick of this you know you're trying to make this serve me And it should be the other way around. Um, And what I mean by that is like, because I'm a perfectionist, I'm always going to be looking for, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Let me correct myself. I'm always going to be looking for like the things that are wrong and trying to fix them as opposed to like celebrating myself and the things that are right and, you know, and, and the things that are going well in my life. Right. And so God had called me out into entrepreneurship and there was a time where like, I was very confident in doing what I was doing and the gifts and times that he's given me and I was going gung-ho and I was going for it. And then I hit a block and the block was, I can't go above this level because I can't put myself out there because I can't be seen because I haven't lost this weight. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, "Mm -mm, that's not going to work. We're going to talk about this. And so that's what the book, (laughs) that was the book, like him sitting down, me doing the studies, me spending that time putting it in. And he like totally transformed the way that I saw myself and weight. And um, I call it a journey to getting over your weight aligned with God and into your purpose, because that's exactly what it was for me. Like I got over the idea of weight loss as being something that was imperative to my success or imperative even to my obedience um oh man and put it back in like proper perspective and you know i think for me it's not everybody's issue right but i think for all of us there's something that we see as the barrier to us getting to where we know that we can be that we we focus on we hone in on and it becomes an idol in a sense because we put so much emphasis on it that we can't focus on god you know okay no no no
0: (laughs) ramble along because this is so good so
1: I want to pull a couple of things you've talked about because
0: I have some follow-up questions, but like you've talked about a couple of things that were very pivotal to me around weight kind of being the theme Mm -hmm. of if I accomplish this thing, then I will essentially be successful because everything else in my life is essentially covered around being successful, but Mm -hmm. this thing isn't successful. That's one But the other thing I think was really intentional was that you talked about with perfectionism, how it became Mm -hmm. like a desire to constantly validate yourself in all these other areas. Mm -hmm. But weight was like the thing that was always in your mind and how that easily turned into an idol. So those two separate things I want to love to talk about. Mm -hmm. So why do you think And this is more so a personal question, but it can be a general conversation too. Why do you think these barriers Mm -hmm. we focus so much on and they become idols? Because in general, like you talked about, you experience success as an entrepreneur or even going into that, which is a whole journey within itself. Mm -hmm. Like those, we create almost like these barriers of I'm not good enough because of this. And they end up becoming the things we focus on. So like talk about that. And like, why do you think that is?
1: Ooh, so what it, what it became for me again, is like where my focus is. Like right in writing the book, I thought it was going to be, it is, it is based on Psalm 139, the fearfully and wonderfully made Psalm, you know, but as I was writing it, it evolved into like the Matthew 633, which is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added onto you. Right. And I think that that's the point, like weight loss, finances, needing a husband, like whatever you're focusing on that's gonna be the catalyst for your success is out of alignment. And I think for us, if we can get to seeking God first, then those things don't become obstacles. Because if you recognize and understand who God is after you've done that deep dive, seeking time at his feet, you know, not Martha, but Mary at his feet and listening to what he's pouring out, getting the most important thing, then all those other things pale in comparison. I like to say, like, he's underwhelmed by what overwhelms us, right? But if we don't give what overwhelms us to Him to see Him at work, then we're going to continue to feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed with the thoughts of fear and the thoughts of the obstacle being too much. Overwhelmed with the need to control things because that's a part of it. Like when you're per- recovering perfectionist <laughs> and you know you're an achiever or whatever, like you're trying to control outcomes, right? And for the most girl. part, you're used to doing it, girl. Yeah, but and even. Some-
0: either- and even not to interrupt you, but even like when I think of perfectionism, I always think of, cause I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm perfectionist. Yeah. The immediate thing that comes right next to perfectionism is people pleasing. Yeah. And so <laughs> we are big on results. Perfectionists. Like we want things to in some way, shape or form be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that really comes down to our need to be in control.
1: Yep.
0: But on the other side of that, there is also the asset on the external part of it is people pleasing. And so when you are motivated by pleasing people
1: yeah.
0: or that may not be your central motivation, but you your behavior often is driven by being able to please a person that you have no idea really what they're thinking
1: Mm -hmm. No idea
0: really what they want. And two, people are fickle. We, like, I'm fickle. I don't barely know what I want to eat every single day, (laughs) let alone try to make somebody do something that I want because it feels like almost like underlying manipulation in a way. Mm -hmm. And so I think for you, what I hear, and I would love for you to dive dive into that deeper is like God really holding a mirror up to who you really are versus the perception of what you thought you were. And what you had kind of created yourself to be in order to kind of be, and I think kind of going to the recovery part of really being authentic to yourself, but also authentic to God in your relationship with him. So like, what was that process like of ex- him exposing you?
1: Yeah. Oh, So you said a lot there and I know we're aligned because all of that is like part of my preparation and thinking about this, like thinking deeply on what I wanted to actually share. So you said a lot in there that that is what I wanted to share, which is that like the first part, um, I think at our most basic, like one of our most basic needs is for safety, right? And so that people pleasing is really us trying to get safe and secure. So go back to like the obstacles. It's we're not trusting God. We're not moving because we don't feel safe right and that's because we don't know him or we don't we don't recognize what he's already done for us like all we see seeing is like right now what might hurt us in the past and what might happen in the future and we're trying to control all of that at once when all in all like he, he's the only one who's standing in all those places right now right mm. so like Ooh. we're Ooh. only I
0: just take that from me, child i'm gonna close <laughs> you if i ever use that oh it's okay. fine He stands in all these places, which basically means he stands in the past, the present, and the future. And we are. That's good.
1: Trying to control
0: it. Now that's good. That was good. Okay, keep going. I'm done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's what I had to come to, like, especially because right now my my thing is safety. Like, I've moved past the weight loss, but now it's like, like you said, seeing the difference, like, he's removing layers of me and seeing this, the next layer is me trying to be safe. And again, it comes back to, like, trust, you know? And so... The, the 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 top layer, when I peel back the weight loss, I want to lose weight because it feels safer for me to be small because small people seem to be more guarded. They seem to be more protected. They seem to be more loved, right? And I got that as a child. That's another thing. Like a lot of these things that are the obstacles have been instilled in us when we were at our most vulnerable. Yeah. That's what
0: the and then there, there are these narratives that are only given to us, and I can go on ramble with this for hours, but there are these narratives that are given to us based on the capacity of the people that were telling us these things. And most of the time, I can think of a lot of millennial age people. Our parents didn't know anything about emotional intelligence. They didn't really know anything about how to esteem a child, how to create a a confident child, a disciplined child, but also a child that can think for themselves, essentially. we were kind of told a lot what to do, like what would success look like. Yeah. And so everybody is everybody is basically telling us these things based on their limited capacity and their own traumas mm-hmm. that are essentially unresolved.
1: Yeah. And so it's
0: just creating this generational thing of trauma that is taught that this is what it means to be perfect or this is what it means to be successful and kind of mm-hmm. what you're describing this is what it means to be safe because that is what was being told to you so when you grow up with that for years it becomes a learned behavior and a learned narrative yeah absolutely
1: and it's not like caregivers but also like culture too you know what i mean like if we we grew up watching like top models for instance and like you'll see like the plus size models and you're like that's plus size and they're like like going in on those girls right mm-hmm. and so that it like all of that kind of um you know, all the all the fat-shaming movies, all the different different things, even culturally that, that shape and form your view of yourself, right? Um, which is why it's so important to be transformed and not conformed to, like, the yeah. thoughts of the world. Because once you start to do that, then you can actually step back and see, you know, the way that these things are impacting the way that you feel about yourself and the way that you feel about the God you serve.
0: So, kind of going back to that, so, yeah, what was it like for God to kind of then show you yourself and what Mm -hmm. that looks like
1: i would say it was revelatory and it was um i'm looking for the right word for it it was peace giving it was reassuring it was affirming that's the word i want it was affirming right because you have this view of yourself for so long and you this view of what's actually necessary for so long and these things that you've held onto that weren't yours to have, right? And so it was liberating to be able to let go of just certain aspects of what I believed was necessary. Not even what I believed about myself so much as like me able to sit in the present with myself. Um, I put in my book, like a chapter in my book, like I was always like forward thinking, you know, especially in like how I even adorn myself. Right. I'm not going to buy these clothes until, you know, and so then, you know, you look good, you feel good, you do good things. Right. So I never looked as good as I could look because I'm not going to buy these cute clothes. So here I am shopping at like, you know, whatever bargain basement because I'm not going to invest because I'm losing 20 pounds and here goes another week and here goes another month. And you know what I mean? I'm never losing this weight, but then I never show up in the ways that I want to look or show up because I won't adorn my present body. I won't enjoy the present person that I am because I'm always looking to this future, better version, you know, of myself. And that that to me... Was really detrimental, but I didn't even realize I was doing it until I got into the book, and it was just like, live in the present, live where you are, adorn this body now. Like, the we have really made big strides in just fashion for all sizes, right? So why would you, why would you stop? Why would you neglect yourself in, in enjoying that, right? I have a look at pictures in social media, and I see bigger girls like really like killing it like style wise looking good and everything and I'd say that's good for them but that's not for me like I can't settle there and it's just like no but you are settling you know if you won't do it for yourself now because you're here now you know I think we don't realize like that time is passing you don't get that time back you know what I mean and so that was one of the things that he showed me that was liberating because I could show up today. (laughs) I can buy these clothes today, you know, and dress how I want to dress today. And then I'll get some more clothes in the future. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that um, I have to wait until I look a certain way to be the person that I feel like I need to be, which is one of the things that he showed me.
0: Mm -hmm. I love how you talked about that because it sounds like it's conflictual at times. So like, you're kind of walking into this liberating space One of the questions that came up when you were talking was, in that beginning time of God, like showing this to you, did you believe him?
1: Mm. It took a minute. Like it, it took like the writing, the book was the process that helped me to believe, you know? Um, I put it, I might've put it in there. It's something that I've always said, not always said, but I've said for a while, like there's a difference between believing in God and believing God, you know, and sometimes we don't make that distinc- distinction. And then sometimes we make that distinction and circumstances happen and we don't realize we're no longer making that distinction, which is what I've kind of just experienced with grief, you know, like get knocked upside the head by the Holy Spirit. Like, Hey, you there? <laughs> it's like, I thought I was, but I guess I'm not. You know, um, because you can fall out of what you believe and what you know because of circumstances, and so oh, yeah, yeah. Writing the book it just helped me walk into that belief, like again that Matthew six thirty three, like seeking God understanding what he is, who he is, how he is, what he's always been, how he's always been, and then what that means in terms of how he made me. You know, you, you do a Matthew 6, 3, and then you go to the Psalm 139. And then you can believe that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You can believe that he saw you and he formed you while you were in the womb and he meant to do that. And he meant to do it in the way that he do it, did it. And he didn't make a mistake in the way that he made you and it was for a purpose and it was for his purpose. And and he he wanted it that way. He wanted you that way. And so who who can really say anything against that even yourself, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of what what was really helpful to me in just believing him because I'm not going to once I start getting into that that hum- humble space of, you know, reverence, I'm not going to elevate my perspective on anything including myself above his, you know, but that comes with staying in that in his face that comes with seeking you know and staying connected
0: i like how you made the correlation of like understanding that you're fearfully and wonderfully made going along the lines of seeking because i think like as you kind of said circumstances and trial seasons happen yeah and they are not comfortable nor are they fun and i think especially when you're in a healing space because healing like healing space is really kind of the unlearning. It sounds cute to say healing. Like everybody's talking about the soft girl season, girl. Like everybody's talking about soft girl season, everybody's talking about their healing journey. And I'm like, y'all, we be in ICU. Like no one talked to me. I don't want to be around anyone. Like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to face anyone. I don't want to be here. Get me out of here. Yes. Why am I here, Lord? <laughs> why can't we go back to the old season when we were good and it just is like if this is supposed to be where I would or if this old season I felt was the good space why do I want to be back there but you're pushing me forward and so like the unlearning is a lot of the unraveling of the old narratives and the old perspectives Mm -hmm. and that can create a lot of internal conflict with yourself yeah because you kind of are like your default Your default behavior, emotions, where you do things. Like my default by nature has always been avoidance, which is avoiding God, avoiding dealing with the feelings, avoiding dealing with whatever. I've been on my own weight loss journey before. So I already know emotionally eating was a big thing for me. And so like when you avoid, that's the default. That's what I naturally go to all the time. But to undo that and do something else and lay before God and say, This is what I really feel is really uncomfortable. And sometimes it's not a timely response. You don't always get timely responses from God. And so, with that confliction, what did that look like for you? Like, as you're unraveling this, but also having the conflict of, This is not comfortable and this doesn't feel good. Like, what was that like for
1: you? Ooh, I'm still unraveling <laughs> I really am I can't even lie um, and it, you know and what you said is like exactly that you know it's it's like for me it's it's a really super long wilderness season is what I'm I'm feeling like I'm in right but I recognize that at the beginning of the season there's there's differences than in who I am and I could see that and that's that's the that's the thing that makes it bearable, right? Because I know that I'm growing through this season. I know that that's the purpose of it. Um, so it is very uncomfortable. But again, if you know him and you know his um, attributes and you know his purposes, you know that he's growing us, he's growing our character, he's growing our resilience, our perseverance, our, you know, who we are through these circumstances, then it becomes more, you um, like bearable because you know that it's for a purpose and also what I've learned during the unraveling and in this season currently um like he took me to good old-fashioned psalm 23 right and the point of it was to show me that even in this season in the valley of the shadow of death he's with us you know what I mean and so even as you're unraveling he's not left us to unravel alone you know what I mean like we're not unraveling out of control like He's walking us, walking with us, walking through it with us as we're doing it, and that also makes it like, okay, I can handle this. You know, it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. It is painful. It is whack. (laughs) This is trash. Like people are trash. Like I'm not liking this. You know, life was so much easier. It was better. Why did you give me these people? Why did you give me this business? Why did you give me these children? Why did you give me this man? (laughs) You know, and it's just like because he had to. Because you're not going to see yourself outside of these circumstances right if you're not in a marriage that you want to work and then you have to like deal with it because you can't walk away you know you're not going to so you got to sit in it then you got to figure out a way to do conflict and you got to figure out a way to like you know um to consider someone else's needs above your own you know you have to do that in this context like there's no other context that you're going to get that lesson right and so in writing the book Like about weight loss, there's no other context that I was going to get that message about who I was and how I was to him and how I should be seeing myself through his lens and not the world's lens and not even my own lens that was, you know, manufactured through all my experiences. Like I can't get that perspective unless I go through the journey and unless I unravel and get re-raveled in the way that he wants to remake me.
0: Yeah, and I think what you described is ultimately doing the work, yeah. which is not the part that we enjoy. I call it ghetto, and <laughs> I I say, you know, my husband even recently said this, and he called me. He was like, "Why do why do all the black women in my life like always describe stuff as ghetto?" And I'm like, "Because it's real. I don't know what I don't know any other way. Best <laughs> word to describe." He's like, "My sister said." Being a hijab as ghetto. He was like, I don't <laughs> understand that. I'm like, you don't get it, but it's okay. We all we all universally understand what it means. Yeah, but like it's so doing the work is the hard part. But that's yeah. the part that I think is often neglected, but the most necessary because, and even in experiences I've had this year,
1: yeah,
0: it's so stressful. And it's so hard and it feels like you're, especially when you're spiritually aligned to, you can feel shifts happening. You can feel things occurring. It's like, guy, you waking me up in the middle of the night to pray. Mm. Why, sir? I just want to go to <laughs> sleep. Like you <laughs> feel all these things happening yeah. and you don't have a way to verbalize it all the time, but also like it has to be a part of the process. In order to get to you, get you to the place that you also want to be. And what I've told people, and I would love for you to expound on this too, is yeah. ultimately we're getting what we're praying for. Like we we are getting our prayers. Mm-hmm. My one of my favorite songs is Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. I know every syllable and every word to that song. <laughs> and one of the things he says is, I used to pray for times like this. Mm. And truly, like we are praying for these upward mobility situations upward successes financial gain successful marriages parenting all these things losing weight but we don't understand that a part of the process is the breaking of the unlearning yeah and that part is the work and it's also breaking the perfectionist part so for you especially with kind of like walking through overcoming and still probably overcoming in some ways perfectionism how did that even play a part within your process
1: Ooh, um it it came back to like just faith and trust you know what I mean like and it'd be because I used to wear it as a badge of honor right I'm a perfectionist yeah. you know what I mean like oh. I have show up in excellence I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do and it's just like Well, if you're walking with God and God is who he says he is and who you think he is, then where, where does that leave room for his glory? Right. And so in my perfectionism, I can't leave space for God to get the glory because I'm not going to get caught slipping, period. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to show up, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be number one. I'm going to do this the best. I'm going to be dope. I'm going to live out all of my gifts and talents and, you know, I'm going to show up. But again, if he's, if he's walking with us in the valley he's walking in us with the you know in the uptimes too you know and if he's walking with you in your uptimes and you're neglecting his alignment like where does he get the glory yes. you know like yes. for me the perfectionism again is like i can be doing everything that i need to do achieving and being like in the midst of like closing deals or you know doing whatever and it's only when I'm not leaning on him do I really feel like the the burden of that. Right? It's a burden, you know? And that's what perfectionism is. It's a burden. It's a burden because his grace is not sufficient in your mind, right? Yeah, and I think when,
0: especially when we're comparing that to weight loss, I think it goes back to, I have to now deal with what I really run to. Mm -hmm. which is food or comfort or safety Mm -hmm. and with it being an idol it doesn't bring any satisfaction spiritually nor consequently essentially when you eat you're gonna gain but like consequentially it doesn't bring satisfaction but my flesh wants it. But spiritually now when God is like revealing himself to me, he's, I was telling my mom this other day and I, thought, and I didn't know at the time, but I'm catching it now that that was actually a revelation. What I was telling her was that the sin that we all do is like, we're looking at the behavior of if somebody drinks, yeah. we're not looking at the underlying sad factor that yeah. somebody might be experiencing that they just don't want to address. And the yeah. thing about God is God is like, the scene I can take care of. I got to now really take care of your mentality and mm-hmm. the internal part that led you to do this thing. Yep. And that's the part that ultimately we struggle with giving to him because then we now have to face what we ultimately either avoid or don't want to feel.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, that like, like you said, it's a symptom, right? And so me losing and gaining weight, like no matter what I weighed, it was already, it was always too much. You know what I mean? Like I've been super small. I've been bigger than I am now. You know, it, it was just always too much. I was always on a weight loss journey because it was, it was. I wasn't, okay. So you said this earlier and I wanted to go back to it. Like when we talk about authenticity and who we are, right? Him breaking down that that barrier between who you actually are and you saying, I am the type of person that, right? And so if I'm the type of person that achieves and I'm the type of person that is excellent and I'm the type of person that, you know, is this or that, me looking a certain way that people don't don't really respect, quote unquote, it makes me feel like I'm in I'm not in alignment with the type of person I see myself. Oh my god. Right? And okay. so for me, I show up to the barbecue. you don't judge my plate, you know, or I'm gonna just eat this, don't judge me. Or, you know, I'm always talking about weight and people don't even care about my weight, but because I'm the type of person who doesn't look like this in my mind because I'm excellent. And then that's the perfectionism. So this is the one thing I need to apologize for every time I come into a room because I'm excellent and I'm perfect in every other space in my mind. Of course, I'm not perfect, but in every other area that I put forth my effort And in this area, like I'm naturally just not going to be a stick, right? So I got to apologize about it. I got to focus in on it because this is the place, this one space is where you can call me out and I don't want to be called out on it, right? But where's the room for grace in that? So for me, it's like when he calls me into like public spaces, like a podcast or writing a book or entrepreneurship, And he wants people to put their eyes on me. And I'm like, I don't want to, I want eyes on me, (laughs) you know, for various reasons. I don't want to be the center of attention. Where's the room for his grace? You know, and that's, that's the point of writing the book. It's like, you're not, you're not in alignment. You're not saying what I'm trying to say here. You think I'm saying, go out and do this thing. Go out and write a book. Go out and be an entrepreneur. Go out and start a podcast. No, I'm saying go out and be visible so that I can shine a light, shine your light on me. So that I can be seen, so I can get glory. So you think this is about you getting glory, right? And it's not, it's about me getting glory. And so your perfectionism really has no place here because if you're perfect, then I don't get glory. And so it goes back again (laughs) to seeking first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, like his righteousness. We're working for him. He's not working for us, you know? And so when I come to my prayer journal and when I come to, you know, my knees and kneel and say, God, just help me lose weight. That's not working for him that's make me, me trying to make him work for my weight loss needs. And so the underlying need that's there is like, it's not because I really just have a thing against being fat or people being fat or whatever. It's, it's what I feel about myself. It's what I want people to feel about me. And none of that really matters because it's really all about him and I'm a vessel, you know? And so long story short, (laughs) like that's the process of like getting to that space. Like it's been liberating because it takes the pressure off of me to be, you know, this perfect, like thought of something, this perfect type of something. And I can just be Alicia, you know? And that was, that in and of itself was a really challenging part because when you're used to like achieving and doing and moving and, you know, having a full calendar and you get sat down, And you had to like deal with yourself. Like I was doing that before the pandemic. And so many people had to do that during the pandemic where you had like all this time to really sit and deal with yourself. You really have like a crisis of identity, you know, that you come to um, have to figure out who you actually are aside from what you do, like who you are, you know. And I just had the, the blessing of being able to do it with him you know like I don't have to figure it out like he's telling me he's showing me he's walking me through like this is why you are like you are this is and he's still coming back there's layers it's like I'm not I don't think you'll ever get to the point where you fully understand yourself you know what I mean like um it's a song proverb it's a proverb it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to seek it out and that's what I say about myself, like, it is the glory of God to conceal these things about me. It is my honor to peel back these layers so that he could show me like his purpose in even creating me, you know, and that's for all of us. Like, there's so many layers to us and so many reasons why we're here, you know, why we're doing what he has us to do in the ways that he's having us to do it. But it, it takes us being in alignment and trusting those things, you know.
0: That was good. Um, you said so much that I wanna like kind of say some other things with one, I think when you were talking about the grace part, I want to name that practically for people. Cause I know we as believers we talk about like there's grace for this or there's an opportunity for God's grace or like what that practically looks like. So I will give y'all a perfect example of this now and then I'm gonna compare it back to Alicia's story. But I am currently a week from being seven months pregnant and I, the things that God is telling me to do now, I'm like, sir, <laughs> you're telling me to do this. Like I'm going out of town to a conference next week, seven months pregnant, Ask me to do, ask me to do that last pregnancy. I'm, like, I'm about to have a baby. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and one of the things God has had to tell me is I give you grace for these things. Mm -hmm. I give you the capacity, the ability, the bodily motion, the uh, ability to wake up early, the ability to walk, the ability. Like I was going to drive down to Atlanta, which is like five hours. And my mama was like, girl, you are not about to do that. Me and your stepdad going to buy you a plane ticket. I didn't do that. But that God told me in that moment, like, this is grace. Mm -hmm. So I'm even creating an opportunity so you don't have to drive seven months pregnant to do this. And what is put in my mind is there is, and my friend kind of confirmed this. She talked about that God is always trying to bring us back to our predestined state, like our our state of predestiny. Mm -hmm. And there's a, the confirmation of this is in Ephesians 2 10, I think where it talks about um, God created us a new, new, we are God's masterpiece, created a new in Christ to do the things that we were created to do long ago. God created us. So our predestined capacity For a lot of us who may have different platforms or different successes in business or even working corporate jobs, we have a predestined capacity. Mm -hmm. We dummy down our capacity humanly Mm -hmm. because we think we're not capable. And so I had to stop telling God, I can't do that because I'm pregnant. He's like, you could be standing on a stage at eight and a half months pregnant, doing what I'm calling you to do. And I will give you grace for that. Because it's not about what you think your capacity is. It's about what what I know your capacity is because I already knew you before you even thought who you were before all this foolishness came. But the second thing you talked about, which I think is so important, is us being authentically naked before God. Mm. Because we have a perceived perception of what we think we have to have in order to be perfect. And none of that stuff really even makes sense to, to like, you were like, people don't even care what I look like. We, we place all the judgment on us because of our own insecurities. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to something I learned is like, God's not judging me because of the things I think I'm faulted in. Moses literally said he can't talk. He was like, I am not a good talker, mm-hmm. but he was the one that assured all of the children of Israel into the promised land. Right. Or let them out of Egypt, essentially. Yeah. And so when I think about that, it's like he himself was saying, if I could just talk right, I could go to Pharaoh. But that aligns nothing with God's then grace, if I'm being practical, around what he was capable of doing. And that mm-hmm. also becomes the stumbling block of why a lot of times we don't start certain things because we think we have to have all this. I know I'll say in a heartbeat, God, I can't do that. I ain't got the money for that. Or God, I can't do that. Who got the time to add this on? And it becomes barriers to God's opportunity to show grace, God's opportunity to provide, God's opportunity to bring the people to help, God's opportunity to be like, I have all the resources for you, Mm -hmm. but you're over here dumbing down yourself and everything. You already know, like, this is why, like, when we get on the internet's We'd be like, I know I can take a picture better than this, sis. Like, sis didn't even take the picture right, right? I, I could speak better than her. I'm and not saying it in a comparison way, but just like the inspiration of I could do this. Yeah, I, I don't know why I'm playing myself, yeah. but because, like you said, he's calling us to be in the forefront. I know I'll, I will literally tell people in a minute, I will get on Instagram looking crazy because I know at the end of the day, what comes out of my mouth has nothing to do with how I look. Hmm. Even if I know I need to look a little bit better, but today y'all gonna get this word regardless. <laughs> because at the end of the day, that truly doesn't matter to the grand scheme of whatever I say or whatever I'm gifted in doing is supposed to help God's name be glorified. Yeah. So when you said that about being authentically raw and naked, but also on the other side of that, this perceived thought that we have around what we're supposed to be And truly, that's not giving an opportunity for God to be who he is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you bring up, you said Moses. I think I put this in the book too. I did. I know I did. But Gideon, like, I I don't know if you- Girl, he called him a mighty warrior. And
0: Gideon's like, sir, you didn't know my family.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) like we are the least of the least and I'm the least of them so who you talking to who you talking about you know and like at every turn like I love that story because at every turn God was patient with them he's like okay I believe you but I kind of don't believe you can you show me and he was like yeah I got you you know all right so today I believe you but I kind of don't believe you so can you show me yes I got you and so he kept building up his his faith and his 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 confidence right And he was walking with them. Like I was talking about before, it's just like, he's with them. He's with them. He's with them. You know, even when it didn't feel like he was with them, he was with them. It's just not his timing. Right. And so being able to, um, take his army down to what 300 men and do it like, that's like a prime example of God getting glory and you trusting him. Right. Like Okay, God can do these big mighty valiant things, but like it's even more impactful when he's taking you, who doesn't look like oh girl who has the six pack and who's killing it, who shows up with a beat face every day, and you know, who has everything that it seems like you need to have. And when he takes you and does what he's done with her, or differently, or more, or whatever, whatever he's calling you to do, and he does it with you, like that's how he gets the glory, even if it's not in everybody else's eyes, even if it's for my own confidence, like the things that he's been able to do with me, not having lost a lick of weight, (laughs) actually having gained weight through the pandemic, you know, and still and 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 (laughs) not even showing up the way that I know I'm supposed to show up. Like, I know I'm still not in alignment because there's still things that I'm still like, all right, God, I believe you. There's little doubt, can you, you know, I'm, I'm getting it on the second day, like make the floor wet, make the fleece, you know, dry or whatever um, I'm still there, but even still, even within that, like he's still doing things in and through me that can only be because of his glory. Like the way that people find me, the things that I'm able to, you know, have my hands in, like it's only him. And so I give him that glory, but it is for his glory. And that's what makes it even better. Right. Cause you get to be a part of like this divine plan yeah. to like see it in action and see people's lives change or their perspectives change or their hearts change. And, for him to get glory right so for sure yeah so
0: so kind of with that then as we wrap up
1: where are you now
0: what has your journey thus far been like since writing the book
1: oh wow um since writing the book i've been like i said very liberated like almost in a sense of where i don't even recognize myself sometimes you know like certain habits that you have i wrote in the book how like to walk up to the pool alone and like drop the towel at the last minute and like slide the water so nobody could see me and I was in Mexico with my husband and it took me two days to realize I forgot my cover-up like I'm just walking around free (laughs) in a swimsuit just hanging out whatever everything just whatever like it didn't even matter to me like I'm not you know um finding sweaters in 83 degree weathers to cover my arms and you know whatever like I'm just really more liberated because i'm not focused on that you know like i'm showing up i'm still like i'm not all out here looking crazy no don't get me wrong but it's it's not me being fixated on covering myself or hiding myself or hiding who i am and and feeling shame you know what i mean because i think that's a big part of it um is there was just shame around like not being that perfect version that I thought I needed to be. And so, yeah, I feel like I'm very liberated in that sense. Like I said, I'm on a different journey right now, working through, you know, trust and safety. And I feel like at every step, he's pulling back different layers to like you said, get you to a place to be able to kind of handle whatever the next season is for whatever the next assignment is, because you know, who you are or who you were in 2019 is not the person that can handle the assignment that he has for you. Girl,
0: if, if who, if God told me where I'd be now at 2019, I would have literally been like, sir, I don't think I want to be Christian anymore because (laughs) there's no way possible. You're even talking to me, let alone I have the faith to believe that that would even be possible. Right. Like I had a probably conceptualized idea, but to be able to be in it and handle it, that's only by God's graces. I girl mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: exactly especially
0: him telling me I would have had two kids I would have been like sir I don't think you understand that I don't I don't even know what that looks like yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of just I think you're 100% right it takes it takes you having to go through the season to walk through it to yeah. be able to like know He's sufficient in always. So. Absolutely,
1: but then yeah. after you like learn that, it's like you become more again like getting even more confident to go out and do the next bigger things. Yeah. So. For, sure, kind of for where sure. I am. I'm like, I'm really all in with what it is that he's telling me to do, girl. He girl, me to do it. I'm excited for you know, even the, the the ways that I know I'm gonna mess up in the beginning. You know, the I of mean? go that perfectionism is just I can have a plan, but I'm gonna work this plan. Like as a perfectionist, and we just plan and plan and plan and plan and plan and plan. We extra plan. And we, we do. We do. You know?
0: We do. And <laughs> and to That's not cool. and to not be in a place where you're planning because truly what you plan it's not most times a lot of what God, you can, you can pray in faith. And that's yeah. why I will go back to that part about most of the time what we're experiencing is our answered prayers. They're just not coming in the expectation that we want them to come. We want be, we want more patience, but we're not expecting that opportunities for us to have to be patient require a six experience trial that, that force us to have patience. Yeah. And so super good. I think that you just kind of explained just how to understand that it's a process and it's always going to be a process. Always. So, so tell the people where they can find you, anything else you would like to share if somebody's interested in possibly even working with you in your business, where they can find you at.
1: Sure. Okay. So if you want to, if you're interested in the book, it's Secret Donuts Uh, journey to getting over your weight align with God and into your purpose and that's on Amazon easy to find Um, I'm at the Alicia Watson on Instagram Um, and my podcast is maybe you're like me with Alicia Watson and that's on most streaming platforms pretty much all of them Um, if you want to work with me in my business that's Ali Watson media Um, and it's Ali Watson media on Instagram and Facebook and you can just reach out there if you want to see work or learn what I do there um I think that's everywhere yeah I'll
0: have everything in the show notes for them so if they need to get the book and all of that again okay cool 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 thank you so much well thank you sis I appreciate you and I will talk to y'all next week bye swimsuit check sunscreen check phone charger check